0: Amen. Uh, Hopefully all you guys got an outline here. Uh, We just have a short time, so we'll go through some uh, ministry here. And uh, we want to just do a quick review of last week uh, in which we talked about uh, Christ in the Gospels uh, in a very basic way, uh, because here in Christian students on campus, uh, we like to see a lot about Christ. And so in the New Testament, uh, the first four books of the Bible are really amazing because each one unveils Christ in a very particular way. Uh, The book of Matthew, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these four Gospels, uh, they're not just the same stories about the same thing. Uh, In a quick review, basically, um, Malik, come on up, bro. Basically, um, tonight this is going to be Christ to us. This is Christ. And so when you have the four Gospels, basically uh, each Gospel is a different view of Christ. So from the front, we might say this might be the book of Matthew, and we're going to view Christ as the King, king, clearly. And then if we have another view, go ahead and stay standing straight, straight. If we view Him from another angle, we might see Him as a... Slave. That's the book of Mark. And then we go over here and we see him from this angle. This is another view, same person, but another angle. We see him as a, as a man, as a normal man, as the only real uh, with the highest standard of morality man on this earth. And so it's a wonderful man. Then finally, if we go to the gospel of John, we see that this person is actually God himself. So it's really amazing when we see the person of Christ in this kind of way and realize that he uh, is seen in four aspects in these four Gospels. Um, and we get to see how rich Christ is, how full Christ is, and how experiential our Christ is. Okay, thank you, Malik. And so this gives us a very rich And full view of who Christ is and even how we can experience him as such. So uh, this uh, panoramic view of Christ really brings us, uh, I would say, more into a rich experience of this Christ. And so, you know, in order to know something, you have to see it. And as you see it, you begin to understand it. And when you begin to understand it and touch it, you can begin to enjoy that. And that's what we see in the Gospels with the person of Christ. We realize he's these four kinds of person. He's in these four aspects, and we can experience him in all four of these ways. But tonight, we're going to obviously spend our time on Jesus Christ as the King. And, uh, you know, we live right now on this earth, and I believe, how many countries are on this earth? Does anybody know? Around, I think uh, after a Google search, it may be 206. There's some that are in question, believe it or not. But anyway, uh, around 200, a little, a little over 200 nations, and they all each nation has kings or presidents or uh, premiers or persons who are their presiding person over the whole nation. Uh, so there's kings on this earth, and uh, each nation has a king uh, or someone who presides over that nation. But the Bible tells us there's one person who is the king of kings. And that is this person, Jesus Christ. And although today it is hidden, clearly hidden, there's so many things happening on the face of the earth um, where countries disagree, uh, countries are eventually even at war with one another, and so forth, Uh, there's a coming day When our Lord Jesus Christ will come back outwardly and he will establish his kingdom in an outward way on this earth and everyone and every nation will line up under his kingdom. Jesus is coming and he will establish his kingdom on this earth and everyone will see this and know this uh, without question, okay? Uh, So... Uh, to go quickly through our outline tonight, um, we just had a few short points I wanted to talk about, not just the fact that Jesus is the king, but how do we experience him as the king, and what does that mean to us that Jesus Christ is the king, okay? So first of all, in point number one here, we have the real king proven by genealogy, and let's read Matthew 2, 2 all together. Ready? Go. Of course this is the magi who were seeking the Christ after he was born they saw the star and they followed it to the place where they found the king and eventually they found little baby Jesus who they realized was extremely significant uh, as indicated by the star and its demarcation uh, but they said clearly here in this question who where is he who has been born and then they entitle him king of the jews so their concept and realization at that time was this person born was the king of the Jews. Of course, we realize this person who's king of the Jews. Actually, you'll see at the end of the outline there in point number five, I have a couple of places mentioned in Revelation where it says he's king of kings and lord of lords. So this little baby eventually uh, grew up in a normal way as a man. But what's amazing is if you study the book of Matthew, you realize there's a... Uh, Detailed genealogy to show us the antecedents of his kingship so that there's a proper line. Um, One of the most important things in any country was determining who's the king. Who's the king? And of course, there's movies and books about uh, these kinds of stories uh, all through history where people are wondering who's the rightful heir, who's the real king, who's the bloodline. Well, the book of Matthew begins with a genealogy to show us who the real king is, and that is the the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the king. And it is, in fact, true. He is the king of the Jews, but he's not only the king of the Jews. Actually, in, in reality, he's the king of the universe, and he's the king of all people on the earth. But today, that is something that's hidden. And I actually just recently got back from Israel myself. I was there for about two weeks, and very interesting uh, in Israel um, talking to the Jews and talking to uh, this group of people who are also very, I would say, aggressively waiting for the coming of their king. And uh, they they are ready and awaiting, uh, of course, uh, they are awaiting the coming Messiah, uh, and they are looking for him. And so they, they know that he's coming. The scripture has show them that he's coming, and they are very, I would say, actively waiting. That's kind of an active, passive verb. Uh, they are looking for Christ to come back. They're looking for the Messiah to come back and to establish his earthly kingdom on the earth. And they they fully believe that when he comes and He uh, the temple is rebuilt, he will establish his throne there, and eventually he will rule and reign and administrate the entire earth under that kingship. So in their being and their mind and their understanding, uh, that's absolutely about to happen. And there's even groups of them that think it think and are prepared for it to happen even I would say very soon. So they're looking forward to and awaiting uh, this king to come and to establish, his earthly dominion over the whole earth, okay? So anyway, this genealogy in Matthew is paralleled in the book of Luke by a genealogy there also that which shows that Christ is a normal man. Uh, but it's interesting, in the book of Mark, where he's a slave, does a slave need a genealogy? No, and there's no genealogy in Mark. And how about John? Does God need a genealogy? He who has no beginning and no ending, there's no genealogy in the, in the gospel of John. But to show that he's the king in Matthew and to show that he's a normal, proper man in Luke, with there's genealogies in both of these gospels. So uh, this, is, this is critical and this is uh, uh, needed to see who the Christ is. And there's a lot to study in the genealogy, and actually there's very much manifested as you go through all those. It's not a list of unimportant names. Those names are actually very important, and there's a lot to glean from that. We don't have time tonight, but realize that genealogy shows us uh, very importantly that Jesus Christ is the King. Okay, number two, I just want to go right away into the way that we are going to experience Christ as the King. When we say that Jesus Christ is king, what do we mean? What are we talking about? Um, So, uh, in Matthew, as you go through this book again and again, there's many references that show us uh, that first of all talk about David and his kingdom, and that talk about the Christ. And actually the word in Greek, Christ, is Christo, which actually means God's anointed. And uh, probably all of you know what, are, what, are, what happens to kings as they are coronated. They get anointed. There's an anointing placed on them that designates them the actual king and the beginning of their reign as a king in a certain place. So Christ, uh, or Christos in Greek, is, actually means the anointed one or God's anointed one. And so he is the anointed one by God, and eventually, He's the one ruling and reigning. But today, we don't see that on this earth. It's hidden. It's not apparent. Outwardly, it looks like chaos reigns. Outwardly, it seems like maybe a few men reign here and there. And even after a certain time, many times, their reign fails and they move away. And uh, it's very... All these 200-plus countries... Very complicated and confusing. Um, But uh, there is something today, I would say, in the hidden and mysterious realm of the spiritual realm in which Jesus Christ today, having passed through the process of death and resurrection, and now he's been seated at the right hand of God in the heavens, he actually, really, truly is the reigning one. Jesus is the king, and he is reigning today. But he's doing it in a hidden way, and many things are being orchestrated to bring about the outward manifestation of his coming kingdom. But the question is to us, how do we enter in? How do we participate, and how do we experience Jesus as our king? So, firstly, let's read Matthew 4.17. Ready? Go. Go. Okay, you should circle that word repent, repent. And this is repeated in the book of Matthew. This word repent, uh, the basic thought of this word is to just have a turn or a change in mind. That's what the word repent means, just to have a turn, repent. Uh, So this word means that you're going one direction and then when you repent, you just turn around and you go another direction. So the Lord says here, repent, for the kingdom of the heavens has drawn near. Uh, This is the Lord's Lord's kingdom, and uh, we don't have time to get into all the details, but basically, the kingdom of the heavens is a subset of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of the heavens is something, it's the realm in which Christ is ruling and reigning today, hiddenly, in the hearts of men for this age, in the church age. And in the next age, the kingdom age, he will come back and rule and reign openly and manifested way for 1,000 years. These two sections of time, the church age now, and the, the next stage, the age of the millennial kingdom for 1,000 years, in which Christ will set up his throne in Jerusalem, and he will rule and reign even in an earthly way, and everyone will see these two sections of time are the kingdom of the heavens. So this is what the Lord is talking about. We can get into these details much more later. There is a little commentary I left you on the back. We won't read it together, but later tonight... Uh, Maybe after you leave or before you leave, you can read it. It won't take you long, but it puts this together very well. Uh, But anyway, the way we enter, the way we begin to enter is just by repenting. Whatever way we're going, whatever direction we're traveling, we just repent. That means we have a turn, and our turn is towards the person of Christ. Okay, we turn to him. That's, That's a real secret, okay? Uh, then, Matthew 6.33, let's read this verse all together. Ready? Go. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Okay, so a lot of burden on this point. Underline, seek first. Seek first. The Lord tells us here in this verse that in our Christian pursuit, we uh, in order to live in the kingdom, and you might even say live under the king, we have to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Uh, Praise the Lord, we have a righteous king. Uh, And we can seek him first in many, many ways. Uh, But there's just a general principle, if we seek him first as the preeminent one, as the primary one in our living in all things, then we begin to enter into the kingdom of the heavens. So, <clears throat> very practically, college student, 2018, UT, walking across campus, wearing your burnt orange and your flip flops, and uh, how do you live in the kingdom? How do we live? How do we live under the rule and reign of Christ? Well, firstly, Christ is living in us and He's real and living, and hes I would say He's always speaking. So to seek first the kingdom is to know the Lord's inward speaking. He's a living God. He's a speaking God. And once you've opened to Him and received Him, He's living in you, and He's speaking to you concerning all things. So we have this living one in us, And we have to learn to know His voice. So to seek first the kingdom is to learn to listen to the Lord and to listen to His voice in a very particular way. Okay, There are many things to say about what it means to seek first His kingdom. Um, To seek first His kingdom is to seek first the things in the kingdom that He cares about. He cares about the other members in His kingdom. So to seek first His kingdom is to care for the members in His kingdom. There's members um, or citizens. In a kingdom, there's citizens that have rights and responsibilities. But when we are getting with other believers, other Christians, other people who are also seeking first that's a way that we can practically seek first the kingdom. There's a lot of things that are calling us, especially as young, young people, to do those things first, to seek those things first. But the Word tells us to seek first His kingdom, and I really love this, and His righteousness. It didn't leave that part out. So to be righteous is to be a person who's right with God and right with man. And His righteousness actually is to be right in all things and matters. It's not a small thing. So to live in this reality, we have to be people who are filled with Him. That's why I enjoyed our our little song tonight, Fill My Spirit Up. We need to be filled up, right? Otherwise, there's no way we can live out uh, seeking first the kingdom. There's no way we can live out seeking first His righteousness. So we're filled up in our spirit, and, and that way we can seek first his kingdom and seek first his righteousness. Okay, moving on quickly. Number three, just some basic principles here. Let's read the title all together in number three. Go. Spirit, right? Okay, let's go with Matthew 4.4. 4. Read it. this I know needs a little explanation but here's the fact. The fact is before we received Christ and even after we initially received Christ much of our being is just in rebellion. That's our natural being. We just are rebels by nature. Why is that? Because we have the the residue you might say of the fall in us. So we just tend to Do the wrong thing in a lot of ways. So the question is, how do we submit to Christ the King? Because we all know sometimes when we just try harder, we fail bigger. And if you study Romans 7 and 8, you know that this is really our tendency and this is our way. So uh, I just put this in here because this verse is also in Matthew uh, chapter 4. But this is really a matter of the kingdom. When we live not on bread alone, but we live on every word that proceeds out through the mouth of God, we get another element inside of us. And that is when we eat the living bread, which is just the word of God, actually, when we learn to eat it, digest it, enjoy it, and assimilate it, you know what? We get the element of submission in our being. It's like we eat our way into the kingdom. Wow. So you might ask, I don't like to do that. I don't like to be good. I don't like to do this or that. But the Lord is speaking. He's calling. And inwardly, we have the Lord's voice. But we also have something else in us saying no and rebelling. And that's our natural being, fighting against this. And so... It's so good to realize the Lord has given us Himself as the living bread. And that living bread is the living Word. And when we take this Word in and we eat this Word, we eat submission. We can't do it ourselves. We really can't. If you think you can, try harder, then come talk to me. Tell me how that went. Because we all know the harder we try... I'm going to get up today. I'm not going to say anything bad. I'm going to be nice to everybody around me. When somebody pulls in front of me, I'm not going to gesture at them. Uh, When, uh, you know, when I see the classmate I don't like so much, I'm going to try to be really nice. The more you try, the more we fail. How do we live the kingdom life? We eat the bread. We eat the bread. And in the bread is... The Christ who always submitted himself to the Father because he is that living bread. And when we enjoy him as the reality of that living bread, he's the one in us who becomes the submitting one to Christ himself as the King. So, this is very practical, this is very real, and this is actually how we enter into the kingdom life. We spiritually eat the Word of God and make it our food. And when we ingest it, when we take it in and we enjoy it and assimilate it, it becomes the submitting one in us. It's a reality. It's amazing. Okay. All right. Moving on quickly here. Number four. Let's read it. Go. Okay. Let's read these two verses here. Three and eight. We could have picked many, but we just picked two. Let's do both. Ready? Go. In verse 8, okay, so here's two characteristics of kingdom people, poor in spirit, underline that, poor in spirit, what does that mean? That just means you're a poor college student, you don't have any money, no, that means that you are someone who is all the time emptied, all the time opening yourself all the time, hungry for spiritual reality. Uh, the opposite of poor in spirit is the "I know" disease. I know that. I heard that before. Yeah, I heard that a long time ago. I heard somebody tell me that. Yeah, I know that. That's called the "I know" disease. Somebody who thinks they know everything. That's the opposite of being poor in spirit. To be poor in spirit is you wake up, Lord Jesus, I need you in a fresh way again today. Lord Jesus, fill me today. Lord, I empty out everything. Even the good experiences I had yesterday, I empty those out too. Lord, I am desperately seeking you in a fresh way today. So this kind of freshness, this kind of hunger, this kind of emptiness and openness is what it means to be poor in spirit. Okay? This is a kingdom person. Then secondly, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. To be pure in heart means you just have one aim, one goal, and that's just God himself. Sometimes we just need to wake up and say, Lord, I just want you today. I want you to be my focus. I want you to be my aim. I give my heart to you, and I want my eyes set on you all day long. This kind of singularity, this kind of simplicity is to be pure in heart. Okay, it's just two characteristics, but these are ways that we exercise and practice to live under the king, okay? All right, then the next verse, Psalm 45.1. Let's read this all together. Go. Yeah, I love this. Underline, I speak what I have composed concerning the king. Some versions use the word, I speak what I have composed touching the king. So in the morning when we open up and come to the Lord, we like to touch him. We like to get involved with him. And as we touch him, then our heart begins to overflow. There's something sweet. There's something real. There's something living. There's something I would even say bubbling over And when we touch the king, we can share that with other people. Especially on a college campus, there's no better place in the whole universe than to spend a few minutes with the Lord in the morning and touch the king and then have your heart in a bubbling situation. And then when you get with people on the campus, your friends, your classmates, and so forth, something of Christ can just flow out. And this is the reality of living in the kingdom. Uh, We're not here forcing anybody to do anything. But as we touch the king, as you enjoy him, uh, you speak about it. Whatever you enjoy, you generally talk about that with other people. Whatever it is. Guys, sports, um, girls, sports sports too. Okay, sports. Uh, That's true. It can be sports. Uh, I have four females, and so we talk about a lot of things at the dinner table. Hair, nails, clothes, uh, fashion, uh, the list goes on and on and on. Sports. Uh, Sports also, that's true. And there's many things that we talk about. But whatever you enjoy, you're going to speak about. So when we touch Christ as the king, guess what? We'll speak about him. And so this is a normal living in the kingdom. Touching the king, enjoying the king, and overflowing the king, speaking in force. So this is a great verse to talk about this matter of the living in the kingdom. Okay, Uh, and now finally here, um, you know the Lord today is raising up a group of people who are living in the reality of the kingdom today. It's very hidden. And not everyone who has received him is doing this. But some are. Some are exercising this way, to live this way, to have their being under the throne. And to those people, their heart is the domain. You know, when you have a kingdom, there's a king and a dumb. And we want our heart to be the dumb. D-O-M, not D-U-M-B. Not dumb and dumber, but the domain of Christ. So as we are under Him, as we're enjoying Him, as we're receiving Him, you know what? He's there making our heart His home, His dwelling place, and even His kingdom. Okay? Ephesians 3.17 says that Christ may make His home in your hearts through faith. Okay? So this home becomes God's dwelling place and even his kingdom. So it's hidden today. It's very hidden. But don't be deceived. The hidden things will become manifested. The things done in darkness will all be manifested. Young people, don't be deceived. Just because things are done in darkness or things are, you think crooks are getting away. Listen, (laughs) there's a time coming. When everything is going to be manifested, everything will be manifested. Even the verse says, shouted from the housetops. So the things done in secret, the things done in darkness, everything in Christ's kingdom will be manifested and brought under His righteousness and His ruling and the whole earth there will be Christ as King. Wow. Then at that point, the question is, Have we spent our lives being under his ruling and reigning? The enemy would like to lie to us, deceive us, and think, well, we can do anything we want to, especially if we do it in cover of darkness or hiddenness, as if no one is watching. Well, there's another thing in the book of Revelation where Christ, as the Spirit, is called the sevenfold Spirit, and he has seven eyes, and those seven eyes are watching everything. I'm not saying this to scare you. (laughs) I'm just telling you the truth. He sees everything. And when he brings in his kingdom and righteousness, the Lord will bring and make everything right. Everything. So today there's a call for us to live in the kingdom realm and to live under Christ the King and to listen to his voice And to take care of his righteousness and to fulfill all manner of righteousness by enjoying Christ the king. So this king is going to have a final victory. And today, you know, one of the things um, people say that are so sure are death and taxes, right? That will never end. Actually, they'll both end. When the Lord Jesus comes back, he's going to throw death into the lake of fire and taxes will be over with (laughs) because Jesus Christ will set up his kingdom. And you know what Jesus Christ is? He's a giver. He's not a taker. He's a giver. So this is the opposite of what, what the Lord does. When he establishes his kingdom, he loves to give himself as life. So in the final victory at the end of the Bible, we see that the Lord Jesus will establish his kingdom uh, and there will be a new heavens and a new earth. It won't just touch the matter of the earth. Actually, even the heavens will be changed. The whole universe will go through a radical change when the Lord Jesus establishes His kingdom in totality and fullness at the end of the thousand years. So. We have to be impressed the Lord Jesus is coming and today we want to be under his rule and reign. We like to live according to Christ and also live according to his righteousness. And we like to be people who are kingdom people, citizens of the kingdom, enjoying him, touching him, receiving him, eating the word so that we can submit to him. I myself, even this week, I had a big failure. One night I was like, okay, I'm sure in the message Thursday night. I'm going to have a really good week. Oh, Lord Jesus. And one of the nights I just blew it. One of my kids was so angry with me, they were ready to shoot me. And then looking back on it, I was thinking, you know what? I probably deserve to get shot. I was angry with her. She was angry with me. We had an exchange of words. It was um, intense, to say the least. And I reacted in a not-so-good way. But, praise the Lord, you know, the King has given us a supply even for our failures, right? And the next morning I said, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry, I repent, I return, I come back to you. And I had to go see my daughter before she ran out the door to school and said, Baby, I love you, I'm sorry, I was a jerk and I yelled at you. And, And so anyway, we were made right. And so... You know, the Lord, He wants us to live in the kingdom life. And so this is, a, this is a real thing. The Lord wants a expression on this earth, and we didn't talk much about it, but where is the main enemy today? It's actually in ourself. Our self is the main enemy. Now, the devil is real, he's alive. And he will be dealt with in an outward way. And that time is coming. But today we have to deal with, you might say, the enemy in our flesh. Who's always rising up against God and against the knowledge of God. And so that's where we have to exercise personally. And when we do this and live in this kind of way, you know what? The Lord will have a proper expression of his kingdom on the earth. uh, And the Lord will also get his dominion on this earth. So there's a group of people who are living this way today. Lord, make us one of these citizens of the kingdom, right? Who live under his rule and reign. And eventually when the Lord comes back and establish his kingdom, he will spend 1,000 years to clear up every last problem on the whole planet. And then eventually the following age will be the new Jerusalem in which he will have a full expression in totality in which Christ rules and reigns in every area of the universe and on the earth as well, with a new heavens and a new earth. So I know these are lofty, but it's real, and we can live in its hidden reality today. May the Lord strengthen us to take the kingdom away. All right. Uh, quickly, these final verses, Revelation nineteen sixteen. How about, brothers, read this one. Go. <clears throat> Sister, 1714 go. These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them. For he is the of in and King of kings, and they who are with Him, the called and chosen and faithful, will also overcome them. And then all together on 24, go. If and I saw follow. thrones... Yeah. So finally, the Lord will get His victory. Uh, he will have those. Uh, the Revelation, the Book of Revelation, calls overcomers, and these overcomers live and reign with Christ for a thousand years, and then eventually, all of humanity who had fallen away but are still believers, they will get brought also into the kingdom of Christ and the final age in which the new Jerusalem is brought in will be a realm of total victory, and the enemy will suffer total defeat. Satan will be crushed. Jesus is Lord, and he will reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Okay, we could say a lot more. Uh, Maybe you can read this section in a few minutes, but before we do that, how about we just have some general overflow. Anybody would like to share or comment on anything that got shared tonight? We'll just open the floor, and uh, any of you can talk about this matter of Jesus Christ being the King. Praise the Lord.